This is Jeff Antonio from the Jeff Antonio Show, and today I have a very special guest. Please welcome Josh and Elizabeth from LMS UK Media. How you doing, guys? Very well, thank you. Fantastic. I'm very excited to talk to you both. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. Just uh, living the dream. This has been one heck of a year, hasn't it? Oh, <laughs> indeed. Crazy, but good. <laughs> it has been a little bit crazy, but uh, crazy can be, it can be fun and inspiring, right? 100%. 100%. agree more. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, I'd like to know um, about, you know, your company, what you guys do and, and your beginnings. So, you know, to start off, uh, take me back for both of you. Uh, when did your musical journey start where you felt a strong connection to music growing up um for me i've been going to like the major uk festivals since i was probably 12 13 my parents used to take me to um and my music love of music kind of grew from there um and back in the day i probably liked quite awful music i think i bought like girls aloud and stuff for my <laughs> first um it's growing to improve a little bit how about you beth yeah, I think it sounds funny, but my love of music has definitely come from like, my dad and my family and kind of there's so many songs that I listen to now and I'm like, oh, it's weird. I love Green Day. I'm literally obsessed and bands like that. And it's all come from car journeys with my dad and, you know, it's completely different to what my friends have grown up with. But I think that's the magic of it. You kind of take things down and then you kind of build your own music taste. But yeah, the, the local kind of music around where we are is just it's just amazing. And I think when you grow up around that, you develop a really kind of good sense of what good music is and what you love. So yeah, for me anyway. For sure, for sure. It definitely helps to be in a good music town. And then also too, you know, like you're saying, your family growing up with great musical influences and kind of getting that spark at a young age. Mm. 100%. Absolutely. So take me, you know, past there. I mean, after, you know, you kind of, we're growing up and, and listening to your favorite tracks, your favorite artists. And then, of course, you know, checking out the festivals. Where did you go to from there in your music journey? So I was at college and I was running another business selling T-shirts. Um, and uh, the person I was with, Fernando, kept bringing more and more people in. So I was like, no, I'm going to do my passion. I'm going to start LMS UK Media. Um, and I was 17 time and um i just wanted to have be backstage at festivals and gigs and we were literally writing blogs and stuff like that for local artists and that's what our original name was local music scene um and now it's grown to like a, a substantial business we have you know 25 members of staff now um we've got clients internationally and and that's because of of this girl beth who's grown our business very massively in the last year so it's been amazing wow that's fantastic. I mean, for me, it's great. Josh is too too nice, honestly. But for me, I kind of, from school onwards, uh, I went through kind of doing those like school performances and you do the, the kind of normal thing that everyone else does. And then I kind of gave it a rest for like two years. I didn't do anything. Um, just, just, you know, listening to music, going to a couple of gigs, like enjoying that sort of thing. And then Josh popped up 
actually start of lockdown and was like, would you be interested in kind of coming into social media and doing the music marketing and that sort of thing? And I was like, do you know what? It's kind of time for a change and time to get back into something that I love so much. So that's kind of where I went from. And ever since then, it's just been so nice because you meet so many small artists and then you hear their stories and then you get to work with them and then they progress. And it's just one of those things that it is really lovely. And then you also get the opportunities of kind of speaking to larger artists and hearing the stories from Josh about who he's met. And it's just, it's a lovely, lovely thing to be a part of. So I can't, you know, I can't complain in any way, shape or form. It's been lovely. That is awesome. So take me to like one of the first artists that you work with. I mean, where were they at in their music career at the time? And, and where did you ta- where did you take them? We started with some artists called Arcade Hearts, who are doing kind of small UK tours now. Uh, Wild Front, who are massive. They're doing all the major festivals and they're in Europe, in the US. Um, and a band that later became Hallen, which are like doing well on BBC Radio 1 and they're Portsmouth based. And we did like a little South Coast tour, um, Brighton, Southampton, Winchester, um, and so on and so forth. And it was actually really successful. And, and that's kind of really gave some the, the big step up in the events because we thought, right, you know, we're plucky 18, 19 year olds. <laughs> We've pulled this off. What, why not go bigger? And we managed to do that after. Wow. Wow, that's, that's great. So, I mean... What was it like to book that first tour? Was Were there big challenges or, you know, what, what were some of the things that came up? You know, like when we do a show now, I have to really kind of think about the theory behind it. Are we going to sell enough? Will enough people come? Back in those days, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any opportunity that came to me, <laughs> let's do it. Let's go. Um, I didn't think about risk. I didn't think about money. It was just pure enjoyment. I was like, road trip to Brighton with my mates. Put on a show. Let's do it. Um, and it, it, you know, very luckily it was a success and that was because of the quality of artists we you know bought in but we've done uh, my first year of doing this there was probably four events we did and i kid you not jeff there's more people on stage than in the audience and that is not good (laughs) you'd have you'd have your friends and family go like what are you doing like you'll be successful but do something else like there's no point doing this give up now i had all of it from really really close people and uh just made that hunger and that desire more and, and we learn a lot of lessons on the way to get where we are now wow wow yeah i think you know everybody in the business has had that experience of just like you said having more people on the stage than the audience and you know what i think the great thing about it is it, it has a lot of character building you know and and even in my days of performing where you know i might have had a big crowd or I might have had a small crowd you know sometimes people would come to me and say, Jeff, you know, I mean, there was maybe 20 people in the audience tonight, but you rocked it like you were at Wembley. And, you know, but it's it's great to to see the growth because sometimes you got to you got to build it before it, it shows up. So um, how did you transition from, you know, starting off that way and, and building the crowds? Uh, we challenged ourselves, went for bigger shows, went for bigger venues, got loans out. And for me, I was always, we used to kind of, we, our catchphrase is you make the music, we'll do the rest. So we were running social media accounts, we were doing blogs, we were doing records, we were doing everything. And we were just saying yes to all these opportunities. And then we kind of went back to basics and went, right, what are we actually good at? Okay, we're good at events and we're good at social media management. Um, so we kind of progressed the events up 
quite naturally being in, in the cities we are on the south of England a lot of opportunities for growth there's definite steps up and we took that and wanted to get out of our city and, and do other things which people might be a bit uh, scared of and then for the social media management side I needed someone ambitious who wanted to learn ask questions and kind of push it a lot further and that's exactly what Beth did. Beth came into the business at the start of lockdown, which was the worst time you'd have thought. <laughs> and there was, we were only a team of six or seven back then. Yeah, because of the demand and how much Beth grew it out, we've, we've now got a team of nearly 25. Um, and it was just supporting the demand. Like you imagine going into a lockdown and thinking, oh, we can't put any events on now. That's like most of our income stream. And then you have you have someone like Beth in a, in a high senior kind of management level who can come in and implement that amount of demand. I've never experienced that um, <laughs> in my time. But. Yeah, I think it's really key to mention as well with the with the COVID situation with the event side. Like we were doing so well, and I've known Josh kind of through Facebook and Instagram, and have seen all the events and been like, "Wow, that's awesome!" And as soon as lockdown hit, I was like, "What are they? What are they going to do? Like, what? Who who is who is doing this?" And we've adapted so much, the event side of the team, and I think that's why we work so well, is we all communicate between teams. You know, the social media side and the events, some people never talk to each other because it's just not needed. But we're so kind of integrated together. We, we work kind of speaking to Ben, who's the head of the events. It's just, we all try and get it together and kind of adapting to the new way. It's just like live streams and watching and pay tickets online. People were like, that's never gonna happen. No one's ever gonna wanna pay for that. But if you put your favorite artists on stage and you promote it well enough, people are going to come and they're going to watch. So it's just something I feel really excited to be part of this new kind of like era of live streaming and all that sort of thing. And I can't wait to get the marketing team on it and get working with it, really. So that is so awesome. So, I mean, it's it's great that you both kind of you saw the challenge of COVID. And I mean, it's it's intimidating for, I mean, in many different types of businesses, but especially live music so have you uh been able to to keep things going so well with the the lockdown and the restrictions and keeping people interested in the live music yeah we've done weekly live streams we're still doing now and they're still going um we've always kind of we had so many shows booked so they've been delayed but as well as that we've been looking to book more on and we've booked um Portsmouth Guildhall which is I think the second biggest venue south of London because you can do big shows socially distanced in there so we've got them booked for as soon as February um, and, and we're really like in trying to progress that but on our social media if you go on LMS UK media it's all about how can we help local artists for free just just for free how can we help them we give them tips on our Instagram we uh, we add value by doing that and then when people go okay right i've spent 30 hours writing a single but i spent three minutes promoting it and they wonder why it's fallen on deaf ears that's when they come to us that's when we get the inbound leads and that's when beth kind of and her fantastic team i kid you not any single one of best team are unbelievable <laughs> in terms of running social media getting opportunities for small artists and that's why we've seen the boom because people recommend us people share us and i think like with a service of a business either you would use it again and recommend it or you wouldn't come back and what we're seeing is a lot of people recommend us and, and stay with us for a long time and a lot of the part of the kind of team success i think and why we've progressed so well through covid is not only because of the drive that josh and i both have to kind of improve the local music scene because 
it's not easy on young artists, you know, young, small artists, how you must have, they must have seen COVID and gone, well, this is it. And my career's over. I'm not going anywhere for, you know, a year, two years. And we, we don't know still, we don't know what it's going to be like. But all of my team members on the coordinator side and the account specialists, they all love music and most of them are musicians themselves. So they really feel that like pain and kind of really want to help everyone else. And I think that part of it is really key and really successful. And you know, you don't have to be a musician. I am, I sing, but I'm not in any way <laughs> per- perfection. You know, you can sing. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it helps kind of me be like, put myself in their shoes and go, oh my God, they must be really struggling. I want to make sure that we can keep Portsmouth scene alive, South Coast kind of keep it going. So for me anyway. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting what you guys are doing because you bring up a lot of really good points. First off is that, I mean, I guess there's a disadvantage to COVID, but then there's kind of an advantage. And from what you're telling me, I see it in the music side as well, because I mean, as a society, we've already kind of been progressing towards just everything being online or, or always having that as kind of a part of the medium. And with COVID, it, do you feel like maybe it kind of pushed us a little bit extra towards a direction that we were, we were already kind of going towards? Yeah, I yeah. Think the industry on the whole it has, has not changed much in the last 50 years. I mean, you buy a ticket, you go to a show, it gets scanned, you go in, you watch a show, you leave, you buy some merch maybe that system has not changed for a long, long time. And if anything, COVID with with the introduction of technology is going to change all of that forever. Because if you're a major festival, let's take Reading Festival, you can only fit 100,000 people at your site. Online, if you're streaming that, you can sell that worldwide, millions. It's opening up a massive opportunity. And for us, we've just seen COVID as, okay, musicians can't play live, but more people on their phones and laptops than ever. Mm what a fantastic opportunity to engage with people that aren't around you or in different countries. And, and that's what I've been so shocked about our clients. We've only concentrated on helping local artists to us. And we're getting people from Australia, from America, from Paris. We're having artists that don't even speak English songs at the moment signing up to us. I mean, that's how global it's, it's got. And it's insane. And me and Beth were speaking, I think, a couple of weeks ago, and we're like, Right, we really want a good expansion into the US, Canada kind of markets. Um, and we just paused for a second and went, this is nuts. <laughs> like, <laughs> who would have thought about this 12 months ago? This is insane. Right. I think that's where we have an advantage, where our heart's in a good place. It's, it's not about money, money, money. It is, can we help this musician? Can we invest in our budgets? Can we reach their goals? And we have an intensive onboarding session to find out really what they want at the heart of the service what do they want to get out of it wow wow that's you guys have a lot of depth and soul so tell me a little bit about the onboarding process i mean it sounds like you know you you probably want to be on the same page with the strategy and and also too what the music means to the artists and what they're trying to say i mean tell me a little bit about that so when an artist signs on, uh, one of Beth's teams, an account specialist and a coordinator will go through their social media, okay? And we'll, we'll pick out things they can improve. We'll give them positives about what they're doing well, but we'll give them things to improve. Musicians are artists. They're not social media marketing. They haven't got a degree in marketing. That's where we come in. Um, and we give them a questionnaire and there'll be things like, what's your favorite artist? What's your favorite venue? What's your favorite record label? Where would you want to be in five years? 
Now that's really key. That's really good information because people don't realize the power of social media. I can jump on LinkedIn and I can find my favorite band, Arctic Monkeys, and I can find out their manager, their tour, you know, whoever organized their tour, their sounding, their light. I've got their whole team. I message them. There's probably about a 75% chance to actually reply to me on LinkedIn as a professional, which is amazing because it unlocks loads of information for me that I've never heard before. So we're actively encouraging artists to get onto LinkedIn, create artist page. I'm at, you know, Beth's actively encouraging our artists and our clients to get on TikTok because a record label will sign a local artist if they have a hundred thousand streams, but no one seems to know that a TikTok view counts as a stream. You have a few videos that blow up on TikTok, you've got enough. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's how quickly the marketing world is changing. And I don't want musicians and, and the music industry on a whole to be left behind. And that's why we want to lead the UK to start with and potentially even globally in that area. Yeah, I think I think with TikTok especially and with a lot of the artists that we get in, you know, a lot of the time when people make a video on TikTok, they don't expect it to go viral and they're never really that prepared for it. And, you know, the people that do tend to prepare for it tend to get let down. And we're just like, Look, make a piece, make a piece. It can be whatever you want. If it's fun, it's fun. So what? And if it goes anywhere, it goes somewhere. And I think that in the UK anyway, there's quite a lot of stigma around TikTok. It can be a little bit cringy and like a little bit dodge and some people don't like it. And I'm like, look, but you're putting yourself out there. You're a beautiful musician, you know, just do it. Just take the step and do it and you'll be successful. And a lot of the time, you know, they don't, they don't take the step and we're like, please, please. But we do have artists and Josh has friends who are on TikTok who have seen the results of the streams and it's just, it's insane. And it's one of the only apps on social media that you can go viral on overnight. You can't go viral on Facebook overnight. You know, it doesn't happen. But TikTok is this magical, magical app that can do it. So we really recommend it for, from our side anyway. Oh, for sure. We use case studies as well. Like, like Beth said, I have a friend called Finn Draper who's a fantastic musician, played shows for us, just your average guy went onto TikTok and literally overnight, he's got well over a million followers on uh, Instagram, on all his accounts now, just crazy, alone. So we show ISIS and they go, oh, okay, right. We'll take it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, that's crazy how TikTok has become such a force in music and, uh, but it helps in all the, the, you know, the videos that are uploaded especially by the, the teenagers, you know, if, if it's got a hot track in it, even if they're doing something funny, people are shazamming that track and finding out who that is. Absolutely. Yeah, like my playlist is full of TikTok songs. Like I can't even, and you see that the artists, when they make a TikTok, they're like, oh my God, my thing got to a million streams. And you're like, damn, like, I, it's amazing. You feel like you're kind of helping in a way. But yeah, like I would say like probably half of my new recently added is TikTok songs. So yeah, it's it's a powerful site for sure, um, and yeah, I could see how someone an artist could break quickly. Um, but yeah, I really like your your methodology. It seems like you really try to understand the artist and and also to kind of help the artists understand themselves, kind of moving forward. Would you say? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, we want the artist. We don't just do the marketing for them. So an artist will sign to us. And yes, we're running their socials. Yes, we're doing their marketing. But at the same time, we're teaching them. We want them to learn. Um, and what will happen is if they're learning, they'll get inquisitive and ask us questions. Now, when they're asking questions, we're improving our service. Um, because 
we know what's the next step. And like I said, it's so fast moving that we need to keep in touch with that. Um, and if, if clients are coming, can we do this? Can we do that? Can we do this? Um, we'll almost fail our way to success because the service is getting better and better and better. And that's kind of what we've seen in the last few months. Um, and I, I literally mean from month to month, we're getting stronger and better. And I just think to mention as well, from when we're tracking our progress, like from month to month, we have these calls like every Sunday, every week. And every single, for like the past three months, especially, Josh has just started every single general call being like, guys, it's insane growth again. Like it's <laughs> insane again. And it's fantastic. But I think one reason we are on the onboarding sessions, when we're talking to clients, we kind of figure them out within the first 10 minutes of the onboarding. You know, we'll, we'll work out. And I have a team of coordinators that we would assign to a client. And I think we, I would like, say that we do a very good job of picking which client should go with which coordinator because it, it really needs to be you need to have a good match you need someone that's going to understand the artist in full otherwise it just doesn't work and i would like to say that as the head of the b2b side we do a really good job of that and that's why we can be so successful and so transparent with our clients because transparency is key and just showing that we want to help this is all we want to do is we just want to help you so yeah wow wow you, the, your approach kind of reminds me of, of, you know, it's kind of old school and new school because of the technology, but it's also old school kind of what I used to hear about Warner Brothers um, in the 70s and 80s. They were, they were a label that really understood the artist and complied with the artist's vision instead of kind of trying to do an artist makeover. It sounds like the same thing. Yeah, I've worked with a lot of artists who are in horrible record deals because it's the first one they've got and they've just signed it because they're a local artist. They've they've lost all creative control in terms of what they're doing. Um, and again, like even when they're past our service and maybe they don't want to stay on anymore, they've been signed by, you know, Sony Music, whoever it may be. We make a conscious effort just to go right. If you ever need help with your contracts or anything like that, just just send it over to us. Doesn't matter if you're with us or not. We care. We want you to do well. You reflect our business. Um, you know, we're more than happy to kind of look over stuff like that. It happens all the time, um, and it's something we care about. I think that's the difference. We just care. <laughs> I yeah. genuinely care about everyone that signed on. I genuinely want them to all grow, um, and I think that's a major difference with between us. And I do think we've got a little bit of a niche. I don't think there's many people out there doing what we're doing. Absolutely. And also with like, with talking about, we're in a new kind of age of mental health and people opening up about their mental health issues. And there's a, there's less of a stigma around male mental health, which I think is fantastic. And we basically talk to the clients and we're like, if you're ever overwhelmed, especially with this new lock, we had a recent lockdown again. <laughs> and obviously it's not financially great for the smaller artists. And we were just like, if you guys are struggling. Our, our door is always open, you know? give us a ring, give us a bell. It's totally just, just talk to us because if we can help someone, you know, feel a little bit better and go, okay, well, if you're struggling this month, you know, we can, we can help you out. And I think that's why artists kind of, they, they, they feel like they can talk to us and they can rely on us. And it's a lovely feeling as well, because we have the same with the staff and everyone just knows that if you have an issue, you're not feeling well one day, you're overwhelmed, just talk to us. And we like to think that we are open enough and be like, yeah, okay, it's fine. Everything's fine. That's something yeah. I think a few of the older businesses potentially are missing out on is just care and that new kind of opening up with your mental health and just being very like clear and transparent about it. 
Yeah, instead of, you know, we created a welfare document recently. Instead of doing it internally, we've done one externally. Like, why are we not having our eyes with this? I think a business will only care about their own staff. But, you know, we've got a much more bigger responsibility in terms of looking after our clients as well. And, uh, yeah, that, that's really spot on. And funny enough, one of my favorite books is a book called Smart Luck. Um, and Smart Luck says in there, it says how uh, a male running a business is great because they'll scale quickly, but a female running a business will care for the people. And we've got a fantastic business in the UK called Lush, and that's run by females. And, uh, and the whole management board, I believe, is female. And they, they don't care about money. But they've done so well and grown so big because the second you go into a lush store, the service is impeccable. I mean, literally impeccable. Yeah. Um, and we've had, we're very privileged to have Beth come on to the management team. We've also got another female called Lisa, who's our operations manager. And I, and this is what Beth's saying every single week. I'm calling like, God, what a week this has been. <laughs> and it's been like that for months because the improvement is is fantastic. And from top to bottom of my business and the organization we have, I would hire every single person again if I had the opportunity. Like genuine, wow. every single person. And like, it's fantastic place to work. And I hate the word employees. No one's an employee, they're a team member. Um, and yeah, I mean, every time I speak to Beth, she's so excited and happy with her team <laughs> every week. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, I do think as well with the girls, like obviously a lot of times as a female working in business or a female in general, just getting a job, you know, there is there you can be scared of that, like dominant male figure, you know, the, pay, the patriarchy or that sort of thing. <laughs> and like, I have never worked with a better group of lads. And when I first joined LMS, there was all guys, apart from the promotional side, but it was all guys. And I was a bit like, oh no, I'm competition, so I'm scared. What's going to go happen? And Josh was so lovely, and then was like, "Hey, we should get some more more girls in here." And I I just work with the most amazing team ever, and I've got a few girls on my team, and they honestly they're not scared to say whatever they want to say to the boys, and it's just such an amazing working environment, and everyone plays off each other, and they play off the strengths, and the girls I have to say, boss the organization, like the organization <laughs> is skilled, but also <laughs> the boys are fantastic, and it's just. There's no, there's no barrier. It's not like, okay, this is, a, this is a female member of staff and this is a male member of staff. We know our strengths, we know our weaknesses, and we just take it as a team one by one working together to, to perform best as a whole company. We're, we're very transparent. Like, the, like uh, for instance, we love ideas. We want in people to always, every week, encourage ideas. How can we improve? And uh, Holly on the event side is, she's massive about kind of, female quality especially in the music industry because she's had so many experiences of males kind of saying how it is doing it their way or no way if you don't like it get out and all this kind of stuff and uh i've really worked with holly quite a lot recently and so is lisa and she's rolling out our safe spaces so every music venue we're going to work in from now on in will be considered a safe space We'll have lanyards on our staff to teach with anyone that, you know, if a, if a male is making someone feel uncomfortable, we're going to sort it out. We're going to put posters across the venues. And we're also going to teach the venues after we've left, can you implement this? Um, and that's all from Holly. That's all from her. And she's rolled the whole plan out. And I'm really excited for that to roll out with our first events in 2021. That is fantastic. That is so great. I could, I could tell there, there's a spirit and a vibe with your company. And both internally and for the artists. I mean, it would totally make them feel so comfortable because you guys are open and, and you're caring and 
and with the events, you want to make sure everybody feels comfortable and, and good. That is just so fantastic. And I also like the fact that, you know, you're, you're open to help them out with other facets of the business. Um, and, you know, like you're saying earlier about the, the record deal, the almighty record deal, right? I mean, it's, it's what every artist wants and dreams of. And, you know, in my days, you know, it's something that I chased after hard and sometimes I think too hard. How do you um, kind of counsel your artists to kind of find that balance? So what I mean is that a lot of artists, of course, they want their music to get out to the world. They want to share their vision. And a record label shows up and they're like, oh, you know, this is great. And they get that that jolt of excitement because it could be a break. It could also not be a break, but it could be it could be a break. So how do you help them navigate those waters and figure out what's the right decision to make? That's a great question. I think for me, case studies. So, you know, we go look in the past. These record labels have been brilliant to our artists. Um, in the past, these guys haven't been. This is why. And let them make the decision. But a leopard doesn't change their spots. I, I really do believe in that. Like if there's a pattern with a record label of treating their artists like shit or not doing enough, there's a pattern of that. And you can ask ex-artists about it. And if someone's going above and beyond and doing a great service, you should be able to ask their clients and get a fantastic response. Um, at the end of the day, there's only so much we can do. It's always going to be the musician's choice. And like you said, the first time record deal yeah let me sign like it her eyes light up I, I i get them on a call i just say look just take a minute breathe go through <laughs> it with a fine like find the nose and uh really look at those details and uh it's their decision after that um, i think we, it's we the same with, as, just sorry to interrupt josh i think it's the same just with like anything that they ask us if they sit there and they're like oh my god and they get anything exciting we have to really sit them down sometimes and be like, this is not worth your time. <laughs> like, please don't do this. Like, there's just some mad stuff that's, that's they've come up with and they're like, okay, I really want to do this. I've seen someone, it's it's worked, it's worked, it's 100% worked. And you're going, okay, let's, let's break it down. Let's talk about it logically. And then when you kind of sit down and go, okay, this is from my experience as the expert of this marketing thing, this is how we would do this. And then they sit down and go, yeah okay i i see what you're talking about. but a lot some of the time it's we just go yeah this, this would be a fantastic step for you and even if it's them taking themselves away from the business slightly and kind of moving forward we're still like we're going to support you whatever um but yeah you go <laughs> basically and do, do your thing but we we are very careful planners i think and we just don't want to we are very polite about everything no i don't think it's like it's all done very kind of nicely but yeah that's, that's like one of the like things for me as well like now we're getting clients from abroad we're very polite about things but we're very to the point so when we're working with our clients abroad they're like they'll bring us loads of ideas and we go that's great that's great that's terrible why are you doing that and, they, and they're shocked they're a bit like christ that's uh that's quite intense or like to the point but we're honest we're honest and transparent that, that's throughout the whole business and like if they come with a great idea, let's implement it, let's do it. If they come with a shit idea, we'll, we'll tell them it's a shit idea. And it's up to yeah. them to prove it's wrong, but we'll still sit there and listen and, and take things on board. That's that's great, because, you know, music artists are such creative beings, as you know, and, and you know, and, and, and they have a lot of ideas. And they're, you know, they're kind of one foot on the ground and one 
one hand in the clouds and sometimes uh, I'm sure they come up with some ideas that may not make sense in the real world, right? Yeah, 100%. We've had a few, we've had some very interesting ones and you know, they're just talking and you're on a phone call and it's like, oh my God, this person is so invested in this. How am I gonna break it down to them? How am I gonna tell them that we cannot physically do this with them? It's not gonna work. But as I said, like that's the magic of having this relationship that we have between you know artists and, and and LMS member is it's just like they have the ideas and we have the fruition to carry it out. Um, but obviously you do have to make compromises and just because it you know maybe worked for Jay Z does not necessarily mean that it's going to work for you as a local artist. You've got to really think about your surroundings and think about what can work for you. And that's where our expertise of going. Okay, we've worked with some large artists we've also worked with you know majority small artists let's take a case study from here and show them let's start small and then build and i think it's because they want to go a million miles an hour and who doesn't when you're excited you just want to get an idea out you just want to get it done and you want to be successful and you want to have loads of streams but it doesn't work like that marketing doesn't work like that it's a slow and steady kind of build up but when you do get to the top and you do it creatively and successfully you're winning so <laughs> absolutely so i mean uh, with your artists that you've had um you know are there any particular artists that stand out um or just generally speaking too that have characteristics that seem to to help them become successful along with your company um that you know maybe they've got this artistic side but they've also got this business side where they're both working in sequence and it and it happens to help them yeah they, they need to have a skill set on both um our best clients most successful clients the ones that communicate properly and take on board what we say um uh we did a tweet once saying 10 reasons why i haven't made it yet in the music industry and it caused a lot of good discussion but passionate discussion <laughs> about it and, and it was one of those moments where a lot of us, I think, had to look in the mirror and think, right, I've probably got eight of these, but I definitely don't have the last two. Um, but I really think those positive, almost harder discussions are the most proactive. I mean, on our management meetings with, with Beth and stuff, if I've come up with a new idea and everyone goes, yeah, 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 okay, cool. If I come up with a new idea, and we've had this recently, and, and people are really voicing opinions left, right, and center, you're getting deeper and you're understanding it more and you'll be able to ask a lot more questions. and. For me, that's the characteristics we really look for. Like they need to understand why, they need to see where they're going wrong. They need to look at case studies and evidence um, to help and support that. And, and our best artists are ones that can sell, they can sell records, they can sell tickets, but they can also produce bloody good music and mm. music that works and you want to listen to. And it works on YouTube, it works on Spotify, it, it works on all platforms. I think as well, one thing to mention with the clients as well is there's not one type of client. There's never one type of client, you know, everyone. And this is, I do the training and it, it's very difficult to try and explain to fresh faced <laughs> members of staff that you don't know what you're going to get, you know, and we try to kind of categorize what the clients can be like, but a lot of the time you will have a client that's really good with their social media and they have a plan but they don't have the tools. And that's where we would come in with our mar specialized marketing. And then you have another client that is just so passionate, but they have absolutely no clue. They're, they are just completely head in the clouds. Like, I like music, I'm quite good at it. Like, let's, let's go. And I have to say, one of my clients, uh, Harrison, 
he's 14 years old he has a beautiful voice he is fantastic and he recently during covid produced a single called darkness which was to raise money for a silent minds charity so for mental health awareness and it was all about how you know during covid we can't see anyone we can't touch we can't hug but we're all in this together and it was beautiful and for a 14 year old to come up with that I was like, you've got to go somewhere. Like, this is going somewhere. And wow. he really had the mind of, I want to help my community. And then we had the job of being like, we really want you to be able to raise money for this charity. We're going to help you. So it was fantastic. And I think he's a fantastic individual. And that just made me think that's the kind of client that you want to work with. Someone that's got the ideas, but we put it into fruition. So, yeah. And Harrison at 14 years old was going on. Yeah. We're single, but raised a lot of money, but also... He, he was on major news outlets with this. I mean, yeah. talking about it and stuff, and it really gained some publicity. And outside the box thinking can really benefit in the music industry, probably more so in other industries. Absolutely, absolutely. So is there a certain type of uh, balance that you know music artists that are successful should they have? I mean, you know, because one of the things that you said earlier that I so much agree with is that they spend tons of, hours and you know the studio and, and working on the song and mixing and mastering and so on and so forth and then it, it comes to the marketing side and it's like oh uh, i'll spend a couple hours on that uh, what, what can artists do to really you know like have a proper balance you know because it's both every single day every single day an artist that will put their heart and soul and livelihood onto a song and then just post it on instagram at four o'clock on a Sunday and go, yeah, it's out in the world. It's like <laughs> madness, but in a beautiful way, it's great for us because we can provide that service to stop it falling on deaf ears, which is really important. But in terms of that balance, I really think the most successful artists are probably 75% out and out musicians and 25% want to learn the marketing, I'm not saying they're experts, but they want to learn about it. So when we're doing stuff for them, they're asking why they're finding out how to do it themselves. And what that means is they're pushing our service up because they can do more and more of it, which means we've got to become better and better to keep ourselves as the expert in that situation. And they're the ones that seen the most benefit, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a constant push, really. Like it's, it's a balance all the time. And because as a, as, a, as a business, as a new business, you know, you're always learning. And that's one of the things that I've come into and I've been like, this is insane. You're just constantly learning new things, new tricks of the trade, that sort of thing. But just just keeping on top of things. And I think planning is so key. Obviously with us, that's our job. You know, we plan consistently, we're so logical. But when a client comes to you and they say, I wanna get this release started four weeks in advance. And you're like, this is heaven, this is great. Cause you know that you can do the job that you need to do the worst thing is like when you get like a two day before and it's like, hey, so I got a single coming out in like three days. <laughs> and like, oh my God. But usually most clients, they know, they know the severities of what's going to happen if they don't. And most of the time people are quite, you know, they're putting a lot of money into these Spotify ads and everything like that. And they are kind of like, okay, I need to plan, I need to plan. So that we don't usually have these issues two days before <laughs> that sort of thing. I, I've We've onboarded clients that have gone... I've spent 250 pounds on a Spotify ad and I've spent 3000 pounds on a radio plugger and I've got nothing for it. And I just went, yeah, that's, that's a lot of waste of money. <laughs> <laughs> I can't argue with you there. Like 
but they don't do their research they just go you know this is how to do it let's go ahead and do that and don't research it and i think again that's the naivety of their marketing coming out they they're so driven they've saved up all that money and they've you know absolutely just burnt through about five grand in no time when you know our basic service is 100 pounds a month and that investment compared to what they've done and they've been with us a long time now I had, a, I had a call with a, a guy called Aaron, one of our clients, the band called Purple Smoke. He was like, Mike, I wish I was with you a year or two earlier. But like, imagine <laughs> the progress we'd do right. if I was there, not where I am, uh, uh, even though we've done well with where he is now. We get that often, which is just a massive credit to Beth's team because at the end of the day, that's the difference between a good and a great company. It's the people who work for you and the people that are working in the same direction to make it successful. And, for me, I may be the founder of LMS UK Media, but I was asked in an interview last week, what's what's your long-term goal? What's your five-year goal? And I just, I said that I wanted to be the worst paid member of the team. That's my goal. I want to be the worst paid member of the team. Wow. Uh, and they were like, what? <laughs> that's not right. And I was like, that that's for me. That's my passion. That's my <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. You're, you're, you're a team player and... Um you are you are setting your ego to the side essentially success for me isn't how much money is in the bank success for me is how many people you can positively impact bottom line that's that's as black and white as i can get it solid solid and from what you're saying it sounds to me that it's it's the difference between success with what you guys are doing is the difference between a quick fix like trying to find a, a radio plugger or something like that. And instead of building something, it, it's better to build it the right way, the proper way, instead of looking for that quick, quick bang, right? Literally could, could not have put it better myself. I think people just, if you rush and if you think money heavy, you're just not, it's not going to work. You have to think of the passion and the love you have for the business. And I've grown up around business and grown up around people growing businesses. And they've never been like, oh my God, I've got this much money coming in for myself. It's all about, okay, we've got this much coming in for the business. We can invest this in the business, you know, and, and those businesses are always the ones that do a lot better. And people just, you have to bear with the process. I think that's something people don't realize when they come into business, they're like, I'm going to be a businessman. And then they just, they just fail because they don't have the time and the patience and credit to Josh. It's just patience is key. And holding with it and getting yourself a good people around you and just surrounding yourself with positivity. And I think that's what we do really well at LMS. I can I could not care less about what car I drive, where I live, any of that. I care about freedom and doing what I love. And what I love is is music and, and helping as many people as I can. And I think from a from a business point of view, that, that no one's eager. Like we've got uh purposes in the business or values. One of my favorite values in there is no one's too big to sweep the shed. There's not one job in LMS that's too big yeah. for me or for an intern or, or for anyone. It's, it's all equal. Great mindset. Great, great mindset. Kind of reminds me a little bit of um, the owner of Zappos. Um, you know, when he when he started, his his attention was customer happiness and, and keeping his team happy. And so I think that's really how you build something. And if you have that intention from the beginning, people will they'll, they'll feel it. They'll know. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Massively. there's there's so many business idols I like look up to and, and read about and stuff and it's fantastic I love the I'm not a rugby fan personally but all black rug, uh, New Zealand rugby team and like 
how they've got some of the they've got a 95% win ratio in the last hundred years. So the most successful team in the world. And their star players and stuff, they have to wash up their own dishes, they have to clean their own boots. When they retire, they have to leave the jersey in a better place. So whoever's taken their spot on the national team, they have to do a day's training with uh, in person, doing like physical training and online as well, which is amazing. Like there's, it's not about the name on the back; it's about what's you know the badge on the front, and that, that's something that really stuck with me. I think. Wow, wow! So tell me what's what's coming up for uh, in the new year for LMS. So on Beth's side, she's got her expansion. Um, we're going to be looking at record labels because they can be major clients for us, but they're going to have loads of smaller artists as well that we can help. So it's a win-win. Um, and then on the event side, we're rolling out social distance events across, I think we've got eight UK cities uh, in March doing our social distance events. And we're going to be implementing the safe spaces and the virtual events. So. There may be a few hundred people watching a show, five, six hundred people, but we're also going to be filming that um, virtually in real time um, that people can purchase online. So people from all across the world can watch. Wow. Yeah, we get, we're getting to grips with the new kind of local music is what we used to. And we're kind of going into these record labels, which I'm unfamiliar with, and I'm just learning as I go. And it's fantastic. I love learning. It's just one of those things that makes you feel young and you, you keep going with it and you just keep learning new things. And at the moment, it's a, it's a, it's a hurdle, but we're going to get through it and we're going to succeed with it. And I'm very excited for what January is going to bring in the next year and whatever challenges we have, you know, I think we've overcome COVID. Um, you know, I think that's one of those things that people would look back and be like, Oh, okay. They've overcome that. What else can they overcome? So that's what I'm excited for. Absolutely. Well, I'm very excited to see what what's what's coming through and and everything and and your artists and the upcoming events. Um, very inspiring. I'm just I, I think I'm I'm not only impressed with your success with your artists, but who both of you are as people um, says a lot. And uh, that that's um, a lot of people could learn from that. So thank you so much. Appreciate it. We're, we're happy to speak to you and, and keep cracking on. Absolutely, absolutely. So, where can uh, where, where can people find you online? So it's at LMS UK Media. Um, our website's www.lmsukmedia. Um, where you know you can find us, contact us. If you want advice, just free advice as a musician or in in the world of business and marketing, just contact us, message us, contact us. I'm more than happy to do that. And if you are an artist out there that wants social media management. Our packages start from £100, UK pounds a month, but we obviously do work internationally. And you'd get a lovely onboarding with uh, Beth or myself, as well as your, as well as some of our team members. So if, if you're someone that wants to build that up, then, then get in contact. Yeah. Don't be afraid, we don't buy. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, Beth and Josh, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. It's so much appreciated. And you've given a lot of great information and inspiration to artists and, and business people alike out there. And I want to say thank you so much. And to the audience listening, uh, this should be a big inspiration for you today to hear how it's done proper. It's also what I feel is, is have the right intentions from the, from the beginning, whether you're a musician or a business person. If you have the right mindset of giving, um, from the top, you're, you're going to be successful. So 
Stay tuned until the next episode. And as always, keep up the hustle. Thank you. All right, guys. I so much appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Listen, keep in touch. I want to hear what you guys are doing. It's very, you guys have got some interesting things happening. Let me know what you're doing. And um, I want to do a part two in the new year. Um, 100%. Yeah, I want to hear what you guys are doing, the events, your artists, and, you know, you're going to be connecting with the labels, how, how that's going. So let's do a part two. Yeah, we've got a lot more members going full time in August next year. So that'd be really kind of interesting. And uh, like said, we've lo- we basically messaged a load of record labels and gone, we'll run your social media for free. So this month, me and Beth are stressing, but learning <laughs> about it. Um, how they operate, how they work, what do they want, yeah, and then in crazy. February we'll we'll roll that out and and try and bring some of them on because you're helping the bigger boys and you're also helping in the the smaller class as well. Brilliant, brilliant. And I mean, who who doesn't like free, right? So they're going to do it and you're just going to make the connection. So yeah, keep me updated. I want to know more. I want to see more. Any events that might be happening that I can uh, check out, you know, please let me know. Appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, stay well and, uh, you know, and uh, be well. well. We'll get through this COVID uh, sooner or later. We're, we're all still alive and kicking. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> stay Appreciate well. That. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Bye. All right. Thank you so much for checking out the Jeff Antonio Show. Make sure you click the like button. And if you like it that much, hit the subscribe button. For future episodes, make sure to check out our playlists and our links below. Until the next time, as always, keep up the hustle.